Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. I love this conversation with Tobin Zivon, who's been nicknamed the Couples Whisperer. And I did some sessions with Tobin when I was hunting to find out why my intimate relationships weren't working. And working with Tobin was a really crucial piece in my healing jigsaw. So I'm so excited to share with you today his wisdom, his sensitivity, his passion. And it's a really rich conversation as we explore the territory of intimate relationships. And we cover so much, including why relating can be so challenging, ways to deal with charged emotions and triggers, what to do when you're stuck in patterns and dynamics, like when one person wants to go deeper, the other person doesn't know how to or doesn't want to. Uh, We also talk about what makes for a thriving relationship and how to grow more of the good stuff. Tobin plays these um, intimate intimacy games and he, he creates these great questions and he shares some powerful questions to invite vulnerability and connection. And he also talks about Tantra and what it takes to create a deeper quality of sexual intimacy. So there's something in this for you, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're in relationships, you know, if you are wondering why you're stuck in certain patterns around relationships or or that you are curious about what it takes for a relationship to thrive or how to deepen a relationship, there's so much wisdom from Tobin here. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Welcome to this episode and I'm delighted to be joined today by the first man on this podcast actually, Tobin Zibon. Welcome. Oh what an honor. I didn't know that was the case but I love it. (laughs) I feel a little surge of excitement and vulnerability and honor, feeling honored. So thank you for inviting me on Sarah. Such a beautiful gift. Oh it's such a pleasure to have you here. So I'd love to start with you telling listeners what you do. Okay, so (laughs) yeah, the the all-elusive description of what I am. I've been described as a catalyst, a couple's whisperer, (laughs) uh, a love ninja, um, a, a lot of other things along the way. But basically what I do is I help people have what I consider to be like lives and relationships that are based in true wholeness and true love and the kind of potentials that we I think all of us intuit are possible but are often you know thwarted by all the all the internal and external challenges that we bump into along the way so I'm trained as a therapist I'm trained as a coach I've been like a spiritual teacher for a long time at this point though it's just kind of like a synergized mixture of all those that is my offering and I show up with individuals and couples and groups and and what is uh, 
very, at this point, just a very kind of personalized and alive way that seems to be serving. So I love, I love what I'm up to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. And how did you get into this work? Tell me a bit about uh, your good questions. So I, God, I started so early in just like the first impulse was just uh, an impulse to not end up like my dad. <laughs> it's really what it all boiled down to. I, you know, I was in college and just realized if, if I left unchecked, I was on a trajectory that was going to lead to something that looked just like my dad and my uncles and all the other dudes around that didn't look too great. And so something just, a fire got lit in me and it was like, I will do whatever it takes to find uh, a path towards something true instead of just this momentum that I could tell I was this trajectory I could tell I was on. And so I dove into whatever I could find at the time. And this was over 30 years ago. So uh, what I found at that time was a Zen teacher, a Zen master who lived close by, which was Grace, this really um, astounding woman ahead of her time Zen teacher. And her whole approach was about um, Zen and everyday life and working with your personal process, your personal, you know, what in your daily life, your relationships, your process. So that was my entry point. And then from there, I just, it was just a devotion. It was just, I was on fire for anything that I felt would align my life with something true, something based in like healing and you know ultimately it, it started to come down to like kind of like awakening to what's true and serving and that just and then that led me to training as a mft in the bay area and then that led me to the diamond heart school which is something i just i could go off on for a long time and i studied in that school for 12 years and at some point, I just it just became obvious that I was meant to teach a couple classes. I was invited to do that. I taught on, um, at the time, I started with um, meditation, mindfulness, and then two classes, one on finding your true life's work and one on relationships. And um, that was the seeds of people then seeking me out for individual work. And it just has developed. And I've been um, doing my doing my work with others for now. It's been 25 years, wow. so it's really been an ongoing, just blooming and evolving from just actually living it and offering it and having people willing enough and <laughs> showing up by the grace of the universe. Now I see how this whole thing works. It's all grace, and you're such a beautiful example of that. Like I don't even know how we met. But to me, it's so clear that the universe was like, you two, boom, you know, do this thing. <laughs> and we did, and we have, and here we are doing this version of our connection. It's so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing all of that. Well, we met because I heard you on Kimberly Ann Johnson's podcast. Oh, right, right. Yes. And Kimberly recommended you in her group to, for one-to-one mm. -one work. So just, 
I've done a few good few sessions with you a few mm-hmm. years back, which were really pivotal in my trans mm-hmm. um, transition in relationships. And I'll mm-hmm. maybe talk about that a little later so on. But beautiful. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. really profound, really profound. So I love what you shared, the couples whisperer. So what does, tell me a little bit more about what that means. What does a couples okay. whisperer do? <laughs> yeah, good question. <laughs> so I've been working with couples for a long time, like almost that entire time. Um, but at some point about eight years ago now, somewhere in that time zone, something came through me. It was like a, it was like a synthesis of all the work I had done allowed me to, when I was in front of a couple, to drop them in to a kind of meditative space that is nothing short of shamanic in my experience and help navigate on, on many, many levels, working from, you know, from the most surface conversations to the most deep and kind of like kind of the substrata of the nervous system and what I consider kind of the heart and soul level of of the psyche, really getting at the roots of what is getting fired off in those relational fields Mm -hmm. and helping them to find their pathway back to the always elegantly divinely orchestrated design that is a couple like every single time in any couple I've ever you know dived in with or seen if they've been together past like three weeks or a month and they're really like oh there's something here then you can bet there is a uh, elegantly orchestrated design that if those two people know how to harvest it and show up for it well, there will be a grace, there will be a gift of understanding, of healing, of evolution, of up-leveling that is available for those humans. And if they know how to then get on to a kind of loop of love and conscious showing up, as opposed to the other thing that a lot of people are caught in, which is like those stuck power struggles of frustration and negative communication that just keep going around and around and feel so infuriating. If you can unwind that and get into this other cycle, then relationships like you were just describing yours that four years in, it keeps getting better, you know? So there's a way to align with what I call the natural laws of the human heart and allow for something that is in alignment with what we have the potential to be experiencing, which is like a, it's like an expanding, a deepening, an opening, a blooming. And it's not always just like, oh, you know, heaven, rainbows and unicorns, but it is (laughs) something that feels ultimately fulfilling, nourishing and based in truth and love and enhancement. It's like, I I use this phrase, life, lifing itself, like in, in apparently two separate beings, life is bringing out more of its possibilities in and through each of those beings and the couple, the third thing that is the couple. So there's just like all these beautiful potentials and somehow, some way that just sort of like all of a sudden was, was accessible to me in the work that I do and the way that I lead couples in and I could help them navigate from being in those stuck, more stuck and challenged places into the openings and the clarifications and the breakthroughs 
And then for the people who want to go further, teaching them the skills to get on these, these enhancement loops instead mm -hmm. of these frustration cycles. Wow. I love how you describe that. And I'd love to talk more about the potentials, but I'm also really curious to dive in first to the sticky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a two-sided dance. It's a two-step dance of, uh, of love and intimacy, the challenging stuff and the ever-enhancing stuff. But we got to know both. We got to absolutely from both ways yeah and many people who listen to this will be in some of the sticky stuff or have experienced lots of it i've had decades yeah. of it amen <laughs> amen myself included 100 percent been through it so why is relating an intimacy so challenging for so many people and what are some of the core themes that you see showing up in your practice as to to why it is so tricky and challenging for many okay so two questions why is it that way and what is a core yeah. theme or two well my sense of it is that you know the universe in all of its rascally wisdom <laughs> designed the perfect most compelling, most, you know, magnetic force phenomenon that would draw us in to work with and through the deepest imprints in our psyche and our soul. And if you want to get into the esoteric reasons of why the universe designed it the way it did for us as humans, I have a theory and I have an understanding, but it, it all boils down to like, there is a wisdom in going through the challenging stuff and working it through in such a true and authentic way that something gets born, something blooms, something happens that couldn't otherwise happen. So in some ways, the more tricky and challenging it is, the more you're gonna, like a pearl in, a, in an oyster, the more grating of the sand, the more elegant that pearl becomes. So in some ways it's like that for us as human beings, as cliche as that sounds. And it's like, you know, when you're in the thick of it, it's like, screw you universe. Why the fuck is it like this? <laughs> but it, once you actually like hard harness it and align with it and, and, and really come through with that, like, ah, oh, you, you, you just have a sense. There was something here for me as a soul, something for this, like, a potential is wanting to be experienced and lived and so much to it but the design is just it's it's immaculate when you see the design it's just immaculate how our childhood imprints become these magnets that just get kind of like just put in there and then two people no matter how you know how aware or oblivious you are like i know people you're just oblivious you get matched up with somebody or you meet them at a party and wow, I'm so into them. And then boom, you can guarantee that that, that elegant design is gonna come online within some amount of time. Usually within a few months, definitely within a few years, it's there. You see, oh, there's our thing. <laughs> Lock and key, my wound, your wound. And they are like a, a perfect loop, you know? And even the people who've gotten really aware of that I'm never going to be with that type of person again. <laughs> I've tried, I've done that pattern so many times. I'm going to make sure I don't end up in that pattern. They go about looking for somebody who is exactly not that thing. And then where they actually feel a zing, where they actually fall in love, boom, something in there comes back. If that magnet is still in us, mm 
So it's, it's on that level, it's an opportunity to actually really look at and heal your deepest imprints, your deepest wounding, your deepest stuff to become the, the version of yourself that is essence and wholeness and, and true nature instead of this like repetitive conditioned magnet reflex thing. Hmm. That's one way of looking at it. You know, you, you could go in many different angles on that question of why is it like that freaking universe? I mean, sometimes I'm like, are you kidding me? And then sometimes I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But it is elegant, it is profoundly powerful, and I see it across the board. Like I've never seen a couple like not have that that divine design, as I call it. It's a divine design on one side that is excruciatingly challenging if you have really any kind of imprints that are challenging, which most people do. We're gonna have some stuff to work with, you know. But if we do the elegance of having of working with that brings out something in each of those people and in that third experience of an expression as a gift for this world for this realm so that's the the positive side of that what i call the divine design mm. well and this is the best i can do on why <laughs> <laughs> and also I, I i can imagine that's for liberating to hear that for some people that there is possibility it's not like oh, you're stuck there sure. yeah you're not stuck you are not there is a possibility i remember before i got this i almost i was really on the edge of committing myself to a loony bin i was i was going nuts i could not i had done tons of work i knew how to do all the nvc communication tools i knew about um imago theory i knew and for some reason with this one partner at the time this is about 15 years ago we would just fire off in this one way and no matter what i would do it would just go back to that and i got really really committed i was like okay what's it going to take i'm either going to go to the loony bin or i'm going to work through this and understand it and get it and there was an epiphany that occurred around a kind of in something in me that was a mirror in what I was frustrated in, in her, that was so blind to me before my willingness to go that far, that deep and be with this, 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 this like knee jerk attempt to get away from a certain kind of pain in myself and try to get her to change. Mm. And that, that entry point showed me something. And then from working that through, my life changed so elegantly and so beautifully. And from that point forward, my relationships, my whole existence, like, like kind of like turned over into something that was so beautiful. And it is possible. I really, I really know it is. I, I see people almost, you know, daily not weekly yeah. come in feeling that that daunted that frustrated that like at their edge of like ah and then whoosh, miracle over you know kind of like a shift over so it's very very possible anyone yeah. listening have heart it is it is it is very possible yeah it's so possible that's exactly what happened to me four years ago before i met graham was this mm. like, I was hunting. I was like, what is it? Why am yeah. I doing this again and again and again? 
And the yeah. moment I saw that blind spot. <laughs> yeah. And we're willing to feel through it and navigate it experientially. Cause that's, I remember you were willing, you did that work. That's like the soul level thing. It's, it's a very in the, in the body, in the soma, in the emotional realm capacity to navigate that, feel that and, yeah. and see it and go in a different direction than we were going before, which was so automatic. You just don't, you don't see it. Yeah. You know, it's just so automatic. It's so powerful. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that message. So what yeah. are some of the big themes that you see in the couples that you work with? Okay. There, there's, <laughs> there's a handful. There's a handful. The funny thing is I was just, I was just asked this earlier today. So I have a, I have a, um, an answer fresh. Um, but let's see, why don't I just throw this one out? And I'm also curious what you see, because this is, this is like, to me, like I'm learning and I'm, I'm, it's almost like research for the planet. How do we help mm. the planet? How do we help the people of this planet feel love, feel the potentials? And I do think if we get this relationship thing, we will get everything else. It segues mm -hmm. into all the political issues, all the everything, everything. Yep. If we can get this, it, it's the turnover point of our, of our species. So, so one of the things I see a lot is this um, paradigm, and it often shows up as the male of our species and the female of our species. It's not limited to that. Don't hear me incorrectly. It's not necessarily that, but it does tend to be the feminine part of the heart and the masculine part of the heart or soul goes into something that they fire off against each other and they get very locked in. And so it, on the most, you know, mainstream level, it looks like the guy who's kind of shut down, kind of out to lunch, kind of like showing up, might even just be there, but he's got some block <laughs> to going deeper, to being more real, more vulnerable, more fully present and available to what the feminine of the partnership is longing for and ready for and desiring almost above all else it's maybe not above all else but it's right up there and if it's not there you know i often use this analogy no matter how much like good soil and sunshine you give to a plant if it doesn't have water it will wilt no matter how much good the other stuff so the man's over there hey i'm giving the best soil the best sunshine and this feminine part, and again, this could be reversed. It could be any, any which way, but often in a couple, one is holding one and one is holding the other. And this side is just like, ah, frustrated with why can't this person, you know, show up with more presence, more uh, intentionality, more depth, more openness, more vulnerability, more heart, more of that juice, more of that liquid. The, the water of the relationship is missing. And then that's only half the dance. Then this person, because of that frustration and because of their wounding and their imprinting from childhood, doesn't know how to then genuinely lovingly invite that to become more available. That person gets pissed off <laughs> and frustrated and on some deep level gets shut down and or punishing toward this person that very vibration that very energetic 
is the very thing that shuts this person down even more. And then that person gets frustrated back in this direction. And then we have a vicious circle. We have something that's very, can get very locked in. That's a, that's a common one I'm seeing. And I'm seeing it a lot in these conscious circles that we run around in, like Kimberly Johnson circle, for instance, is a perfect example. Like Kimberly's out there just being like this, like purveyor of the red pill for the feminine consciousness of our planet. And they're ready for it. I, I just think in general, I do think the women of the world are more ready and available and open to these kind of like gifts of evolution, gifts of consciousness, gifts of learning, gifts of deepening. So Kimberly's out there just purveying the best of the best, you know, here and all the women are like, yes. And then they go home to this partner that they've been with for, you know, six months or six years or six decades and they're like come on meet me in this thing that i now i'm ready for and wanting more than i've always wanted it but now i really want it and that guy's just like ah oh, what are you talking about i have no clue i'm already doing everything i can and it's not now enough and then that that little war will begin Oh, wow. Yes, I know that place. And I was going to ask you about that war. <laughs> so I'm really glad you brought that in. So for anyone listening who's in that war on either side, mm -hmm. how can this start to unravel in a more upward spiral? Right. That's the, the million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> the billion dollar question. So it is it is it's a deep thing. It's a deep thing on both sides. The trick always is where, like, point the arrows in. What could I be doing more fill in the blank, masterfully, more healthfully, more <laughs> in more of a ninja-like way? How could I be more of a black belt than what I've been doing before? So depending on where you are and what your place in the dance, I mean, it all boils down to the same thing. Across the board, the entry point is, where is my emotionality, my imprinting, my whatever pattern, one that's hot in a moment or just kind of constant over the blanket of my life, my conditioning, where is that hijacking my capacity to be more vulnerable, more real, more healthy, more skillful. So we all are being invited. What is my emotional heat or emotional blanket? Because some people it shows up like I'm frustrated. Other people, it's just like a blanket. What? What emotionality? I'm not emotional. No, that's called an emotion. That's called lethargy. That's called being half dead. Like a lot of guys like to come to me, I literally just feel like I'm a defibrillator, just trying to like, come on guy, come back to life because that's conditioning. So whatever way your conditioning is in the way of you being heartful, genuine, vulnerable, real, present, artful with your communication on the same team as the person in front of you, though anything that is in you that would block that is yours to look at, to be with, to dissolve the power of so that you can access that more essence, I just call it the essence version of yourself, the part of you that has access to being both tender and clear, both loving and empowered, both 
caring and inviting both like like totally soft and totally generous generous of heart so that becomes the entry point where can i go more in that direction how can i dissolve the power of the thing that's got me kind of stuck in an old pattern and find an entry point into something more heartful, more skillful, more. And those, any tool that helps you do that, any person, any tool, that's your best friend. And that's what we all need more of. And, and I would say that to any person, like if, if, you, if, if you're hearing this, you can do that on your side. Now that may or may not be met by the partner you're with relating with depending on where they're at how entrenched but you're guaranteed to not get it any better if you don't take responsibility and start doing things in a new way on your side primarily now that gets paradoxical this it's not then some i just had a recent client hearing teachings like this and she took it so on for herself she had heard teachings like that you know four years ago five years ago for four or five years, she's like, I just got to keep working on myself, work on myself, work on my, and she never then, part of her work on herself, if she, if she had been doing really skillful work on herself, would have been to be courageous at some point and speak her truth strongly. It's not that you're not being empowered, it's just that you're being from your essence, from your heart, from your true nature, instead of from something boundaried and hard and that wants to control or blame it's the hardest work in the world but the most important you know it takes a lot of courage doesn't it it really does yeah. and but also the richest and the most rewarding so you mentioned exactly. there some like uh, the tools and, and and obviously working with somebody like yourself which you know i found to be invaluable to mm. help more smoothly and gracefully navigate those sticky places than mm -hmm. at times when then I can feel like I can do on my own, but also learn so much being in those places with like yourself to mm -hmm. see what's possible, having somebody hold the space for the vision of what's possible. Yeah. Um, so if there's a tool or two that you could share with listeners, you mentioned mm -hmm. things like nonviolent communication, um, what would you suggest? Okay, great question. So I'll just, I do want to just piggyback on what you're saying, because, um, and this is by no means a way of trying to sell you on working with me, but I do feel like having a guide, working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, it's, it's a, it can be a maker or breaker. For most people, it is a maker or breaker. It is so worth it. And I pretty much put it near the top of the prescription list. And Kimberly Johnson herself has said that many times. She's like, you need a guide, you need a person, you know, this stuff is so, those, those emotional reactivity patterns and how entrenched they are and how quick they are, they're powerful. So A, yes, try to be humble enough and be willing enough to find somebody good to work with that can just be really, really incredible. Now, even with that, you got to do the other prescriptions, you got to, you got to do the practices and they they boil down to, I mean, 
in a nutshell, so I have, I do have a course. You could buy my course. It's called Relationship Mastery Secrets. And I talk a lot about, I unpack like a lot of these tools. But the one that I'll highlight right now is what I call switching channels. And it's, in some ways, it's uh, a combination of mindfulness, nonviolent communication, and just navigating your own emotional terrain such that you can release the power of something that is like emotionality, something that is like wanting to get in the driver's seat of your mouth and your vocal cords and your eyeballs and, <laughs> and see through you and switch out of that powerful wave, that volcanic wave of, of experience and into something that is your heart, your essence, what I call your tender underbelly combined with your regal essence self. So really what switching channels boils down to is a lot of awareness, a lot of devotion. It does take a kind of devotion, like you just said, courage. I would blend courage and, you know, convicted devotion. Like I, I'm my life, I have to reclaim my life from the power of this automatic thing. So you get devoted, oh, it's happening. I'm aware of it. I'm paying attention. I'm willing to I'm willing to see it in the moment and have mindfulness instead of the momentum and power of the thing just taking over the whole system. You feels like you in the moment, but with enough mindfulness and awareness you see that is you know one name for it that I like is the pain body. It just gives it a name. It's not even the real me. Whenever we come back from that, we go, whoa, whether it was subtle or intense, we go, that wasn't the real me. Here I am again. So in any moment when that's happening, if we can be devoted to catching it in the moment, pausing, breathing, feeling, those become the practices. Pause, breathe, feel. You have to be resilient to the intensity of that feeling tone in the body. You're building up like a superhero-like capacity to feel it instead of be driven by it. But breathing, pausing, feeling. And then in that, you want to add a couple more things to, to really switch channels. Then you, what I, I encourage people to do is slide down the feeling. If you slide down a charged feeling, the first thing you'll go into, if you really are courageous and willing, you'll discover something I call the tender underbelly of your heart. Something in there that feels caring, feels afraid. It usually starts with being afraid and having a desire, a true wish and a, and a fear. And it's soft. And it usually is more toward tears than something tight. And so you can actually slide down a tight feeling and you just even ask yourself, what is the tender underbelly in here feeling? Oh, I'm really scared. If this doesn't change, our whole lives could fall apart. I will lose the most important thing to me in my whole life. And it's tender. But because we don't want to feel that, it's usually getting blocked with the 
anger, blame, attempt to control, attempt to get the other person to change, because that's the only way we think we're ever going to get away from that fear of losing the most important thing in our life, which is our connection to this other person, for instance. So if you can slide down and look for the tender underbelly, and then secondarily look for what I call your regal essence self. It's a place in you that is like, I was trusting myself. I was around my best friend and they were reminding me, like, you have a right to feel this. So, okay, not in a harsh way, but you're like speaking to a tribe of, of allies or friends. How would you speak then? To me, that's where real nonviolent communication comes from is more these these two places, the tender underbelly and your regal self, you combine those and words will come that are, the energy of them is nonviolent. People who skip this step and just try to do nonviolent communication, they still usually have this tight ball of energy of blame and anger. And they might even say, I need you to da 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 da, or I'm feeling blah, 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 blah. The energy pocket that's being delivered is one of aggression. So we're looking for that honest, vulnerable, real, sometimes empowered. It could be very clear. It could be very like bottom line, but it has, it has um, care and tenderness as its main quality, its main vibration. So we're looking to do that. And that's one of the hardest things. But if you can really take that practice to heart and do your absolute best with it, and one of the phrases that I think helps us go to that last piece is just say, what my heart wants to say to your heart is fill in the blank. And that will usually be kind of a shortcut to what I'm talking about for a lot of people. Now, it depends on how hot things are and how long they've been around and all that. But that's a practice. That's something you can actually take and be like, oh. Let me write down those steps, do my yeah. best to do them and watch how that changes everything. Mm. Does, that, does that make sense? Mm. Oh gosh, it's so beautiful how you describe it. And I love that, that what my heart wants to say to your heart. I can feel my heart just open when Don't you, you just share feel that. It immediately, yeah, me <laughs> yeah. too, me too. I just feel, oh, like yeah. right now I even feel closer to you just looking at you and sharing from this place. It just opens up the channel of humanness. Yeah. Yeah, and drops the defenses. It's like, absolutely. Thank you. And, and so we've spoken some about the downward spiral people can be in. <laughs> what mm -hmm. about the upward spiral? So what do you see as some of the features? And we've talked about some of it already, but I'd love to hear more about what makes a thriving couple and how uh -huh. and how you can, because you know, the culture is almost like, you know, you have a incredible start to the relationship and then it's going to be all downhill from there <laughs> and actually i think yeah. it's the other way around <laughs> it is it can be it can be and you're you're tasting that which is so awesome yeah and actually the work at the beginning of dealing with all the icky stuff in the first <laughs> however long i see quite commonly so i'm curious how to mm -hmm. strengthen and build the good stuff how how people might do that okay yeah so the main way there's there's really, um, okay, so the thing that kills relationship is getting caught in these power struggles, these vicious cycles of trigger points. And also the other thing that kills all the upward cycling love loop yumminess is getting into what I call the bandwidth of familiarity. 
and lots of couples just end up in this thing and it's just kind of like autopilot you know and that thing you know relationships don't just like stay anywhere they're either going to be getting better or they're going to be getting more stagnant or more shut down so the bandwidth of familiarity kills the upward cycle of love as does getting caught in those vicious circles so a learn how to navigate those tricky things that's more than half the battle or at least half the battle the other part is learning to creatively and artfully get out of the bandwidth of familiarity okay mm-hmm. so on either side you just imagine this like zone and you're in it <laughs> most relationships are in it to some degree after whatever it is, three months to a year or two, the most you're in this thing, most people. Now, obviously you and Graham are not. You have mastered the art of staying out of the band with the familiarity. On each side of that is what I see as this little electrical fence and the price we pay to get out of the bandwidth is feeling a little awkward, a little vulnerable, a little weird, or a little bit of effort. Those are the things that can get us out of the bandwidth. And you can go up into things that are creative and juicy and fun, or you could go down into things that are honest and vulnerable and, you know, kind of more delicate to talk about. Like, ooh, you know, one of the games I play, because I, I, I really love, like, I call them intimacy games. That will get us out of these And one of the games I'll encourage couples to play to get out of the bandwidth and just taste some of this energy, which will enhance intimacy, which will enhance love. But you pay the price of vulnerability, awkwardness, and a little bit of fear of, you know, getting rejected or the other person thinking you're weird or whatever. But one of the games that I I play is like, if, if I were being bold and vulnerable right now, I would share fill in the blank. And so you just get more real, get more honest, get more, get more. Um, yeah. Another game is if I weren't shy, I would tell you fill in the blank. Most couples will never even tell the other person like, Ooh, I would love fill in the blank in the bedroom. Like, just like, no, I don't want to upset them. I should just be okay with how it is. And then you play this little game. Ooh, you know, I would really, if I weren't shy, I would tell you that I really love this thing. And you just like, ah, you just admit it. And then boom, it, it might, you know, be the, it might be instantly there and great. And that just enhances everything. And the very fact that you were vulnerable and open and took that risk opens things. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it, it, you can just get artful and just keeping things uh, fresh and out of that bandwidth by being more creative and inspirational something novel but really you want to mix it with that with that genuine sense of like my my soul is on the line as i do it (laughs) i love (laughs) which is not easy for people but that's the key (laughs) it isn't no i love that and and i love what you you've just got such a great way of describing some of these things we're all experiencing but can't put language to and mm. I love that sort of zone of familiarity. I was at a workshop a few weeks ago. And because mm-hmm. one of my number one, my number one practice in my relationship is to be open to who is this person in front of me today? To be yeah. just who is this man today? 
and to not get into too many of all course they're there and we did this exercise where the facilitator invited us to sit with another person and look at them for a couple of minutes in the wonder as you would as if you saw a deer running through the woods in front of you and you know like when you see a deer and you're just like wow yeah to look at this person that you know with that fresh eyes and it was so Mm -hmm. beautiful and it reminds me of what you're saying that zone of familiarity to to see the person you're with with fresh eyes as you know when you can every single day mm-hmm. and yeah. i love those practices that you've shared of just being bold and and um just asking these sharing these questions with each other and the freshness that that can bring so yeah beautiful thank you yeah and there's so much creative juice there you can get really really playful and really vulnerable that's one of the keys and of course attuned and working at the edges of where your person and you are and not going too far too fast it's not like getting out you know tnt it's literally just like little little leaps of faith little little launches into the into the mystery and the present and the unknown of each other and really, when you do that, it's exactly like you're saying, you're getting to know that person freshly. Like, who are you now? What is here now? What don't I know? Yeah, Instead I, of what is so familiar and already known that we start to put almost like saran wrap around each other in our own minds. Absolutely. There was an interview I watched and it was a couple in their 80s and they were being asked what's the secret of their relationship. And it was so beautiful because one of them said the other continually never fails to surprise me. They're just a mystery. And um, we, we've always had that for decades. And that just touched me so deeply to hear that frame of reference that they saw each other with. Mm, it's profound. Yeah. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And we, you know, one of the things even just for myself right now, that is happening and that I encourage myself and everyone to do is like hit reset buttons all the time like um like oh god you know i was forgetting oh yeah tonight when i see my partner i'm gonna be like oh fresh oh yeah totally like this deer exercise is so beautiful like seeing a fresh new being in front of me Mm. and practicing that kind of cleansing of your it's like getting out the Windex on your own eyeballs and looking <laughs> freshly through the the dust that has built up, you know? I love that. I love yeah, that. And I want really um, would love, you mentioned sort of asking for things in the bedroom. And I'm really mm-hmm. keen because I know you also work with uh, couples ar- around um, sex and intimacy, well, sexual mm-hmm. stuff as well. So I'd really love to hear some of your wisdom um, on mm-hmm. this so um and I know that you work with tantra so mm-hmm. I'd love for you to hear to, to share what that means from your perspective and what you see are the qualities or skills that fertilize a fulfilling sex life mm-hmm yeah, beautiful question and beautiful segue from what we were just saying, because that is the main thing. 
the main, main, main foundation of any kind of truly fulfilling sexual intimacy, love life, whatever we want to call it, Tantra, is, is a very, very, very real experience, but it is just found, it's like, its fundamental starting point and ending point is presence. Like deep, true, genuine presence. I am here, fresh, alive, in my senses, in my nerve endings, in my fingertips, in my my face, my tongue. Everything is like, my whole body is like a snake's tongue, just feeling this alive, pulsing moment from within and without. And then that, of course, includes what I'm, how I'm seeing, how I'm perceiving, and how I'm I'm dancing. I I often use this metaphor of dancing, how I'm dancing, how I'm touching, how I'm being touched, how I'm following an impulse that's moving through my body. Which impulse am I going to follow? How am I going to follow it? So really that deep, the entry point into all of that satisfying magic that true Tantra has to offer is in and through this very body, in and through this very moment of fully lived presence. Hmm. That's the starting point. Now, of course, from there, there's lots of other ways to play and dance steps to engage in and, and little games to try out, you know, things that will get us into that. To that harmonic. True Tantra is like a harmonic. It's not a technique. It's not me doing something. It's not me necessarily, you know, it helps to do techniques. It helps to know how to, you know, open in certain ways and for men to postpone ejaculations and circulate their sexual energy and have all this orgasmic bliss and power and all of that is very useful and very fun. But again, it, to me, it all starts and ends in this being genuine, being real, being in yourself, present, heart, heart fully alive, body fully alive, presence of consciousness here. And when two apparently separate beings are meeting in that, a third thing occurs, a harmonic, uh, a magical synergistic kind of mysterious force where you can just you can just feel it in the room you can feel it in the space now when you add touch to that or kissing it to that or you know love making penetration opening to that then uh, openings and potentials occur that just can't otherwise occur if you're in a kind of you know, segmented, fragmented me and you paradigm. So Tantra, that's a big topic and I love it. It's one of my favorites. It is my favorite actually, because I think all of life, all of what we do relationally, all of what we do in our entire existence comes home to a kind of truly Tantric way of being that really brings out the, the, the potentials of what I feel are most available to us as, as human beings. And, um, but yeah, there's a lot to that question. I'm, I'm happy to go in 
in any way that feels alive for you, Sarah. Mm, yeah, I'm just sort of absorbing the the energy of what you've shared as you describe it, which is so beautiful. And I'm thinking about people listening mm-hmm. and how they might be curious, well, how do I access that? I mean, you've shared us something mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, I'd love to hear some steps people might take to create mm-hmm. this for themselves and their intimacy and relationships. Mm-hmm. So for, for most people, the entry point is slowing down mm-hmm. and inhabiting the body more deeply, more fully, the breath, the body. Like right now, you could be practicing Tantra. So if you're listening to this, let's all practice Tantra together. Let's breathe deeply. As we exhale, just drop into the moment, drop out of the momentum of life and into this very alive, living hum of now. Your pulsing alive sensation field that you call your body you call your experience the more you can just inhabit that directly from the inside out feel the tingles feel your fingertips feel the scintillating alive spots on your body now some people have really deep immediate access to a lot of subtlety some people it's very like what body where but something is available start where you are available go deeper from whatever you have let a little be enough that's how this deepens there's no way to bypass the process of of embodiment it's like a devotion and a coming back and a starting where you are but letting this scintillating aliveness of now be your primary vocal point and devotion of your awareness, your presence, yourself. It's out of the mind. It's out of the me, me, me of the brain. And it's into this just like humming alive magic. Now just hang there for two breaths. Nice full breaths. And if you keep devoting, feeling, thoughts are very secondary to this hum and alive and you can just even feel your own body, just touch your own arm with your fingers, but in a very present way. Let that be a practice of loving devotion, of listening, like you're listening and feeling something you've never felt before. What does that skin feel like? What is that? Like close your eyes. What does it feel like in between? Is there energy that goes back and forth? Where does the inside end and the outside begin? It's very difficult to discern where thing ends and the other begins. There's just magic and bliss and 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 a sacred impulse to touch over here now and follow this wave, touch over here now. So that type of presence, that type of subtle and touchness 
that type of listening and following. And usually for most people in the beginning, going a lot slower than usual. It's a meditation of being in touch and following the dance of what feels beautiful and true and good and attuned. When you're being, start to touch into a place in you that knows, a place in you that is connected to something deeper than an agenda, deeper than a script. And follows its own rhythm, kind of like a, a wave in nature, something in nature. This is very, it becomes like a access point to a natural way of listening, following, touching, receiving. And I would say, start there. Or even if you're a really skilled tantric practitioner, come back to that in the same way as you might want to see your partner very freshly, like the like the dough that you've never seen and all of a sudden is just right in front of you. In the same way, come back to this practice of slow and subtle and listening and following. Mm. So Sexual Tantra is that. You can also practice that in the next time you're in the bathtub or walking down the street with the wind on your skin, you know, or this is available to us. Mm. Oh, that's such an utterly beautiful <laughs> description. And I can feel myself just dropping in as I listen. And I love what you share as well around the script because so many people are used to a script of how mm -hmm. pleasure looks mm -hmm. and also how you described dropping out of the momentum of life and so so many people I see and you know myself have been included the busyness of life and expecting intimacy just to be spontaneous in the busyness of life mm -hmm. and yet as you described to slow down so if a couple or, or anyone who's listening there's this there's to drop into this space when you're working with people do you share suggest that they create space for this to happen and plan it because that's often something people say is oh it's not good to plan it it yeah. takes out the spontaneity I'd love to hear your take on that yeah, for most people these days, you really do want to have a, you know, at the very least, a tantric date night, you know, carve it out, make time, make space, yes, put it in the calendar, because most people's lives are so full and so have so much momentum to them. And especially, yeah, again, for most people, yes, by all means, carve it out, set the time, get out the calendars, prioritize this. If you notice that you desire this and a month goes by and you're not doing this, then by all means, you it's time. We, we reclaim our lives through acts of devotion, acts of, act, of actually saying yes to that which is important to us. 
So I do recommend that often, but I also recommend like not just those times. Those times are just like meditation is not for me. And what I recommend is not just to have that nice half an hour break. It's, it's to, it's a training ground for how you can align your beingness with such that it gets to show up in that harmonic, that way, more and more and more of the time, more spontaneously, more naturally, more, yeah, just, just more organically. I totally so agree. So I, I would say both, you know, us carve out the time because otherwise it might not happen. We need to devote some, just like meditation, you, you commit to it, you do it. If you really want the fruits of this, and I'm telling you, these are yummy, yummy, yummy fruits. <laughs> so well worth prioritizing. And, um, and then, yes, you, you learn to touch into that harmonic, touch into that energy feeling, and then, ah, ooh, I'm going to bring that into the kitchen. My, my partner's over there making some pancakes. I'm going to just walk up right behind her and let my breath and my presence and my, put my chest right into the back of her chest my pelvis right into the back of her pelvis and I'm going to touch her arm and kiss her on the neck in a way that just is so different than if I didn't do that practice that that random spontaneous morning and then afterward and sometime later and sometime later I'm just going to let it weave into the day in any way that's genuine doable you know yummy <laughs> that's the good thing about this spiritual practice it often includes you know a dimension of of real uh, yum that's available to us so mm, that's beautiful and i i would say all of the above you know and i again i'm not here to promote my stuff but my i do have a course that's like you know has these teachings and these practices it's called sex mastery secrets and you can reach out to me. I'm happy to share that with you. And, um, and there's just like, there's a, I have a video also that's available where you and your partner go through like a guided Tantra night. And it's really, really, really fulfilling for a lot of people. They really love that one. And um, just things like that. So you, you use these tools, you commit to it, and then it becomes it gets like jump started. It becomes more and more just a natural, available, uh, you know, capacity. It's it's like a capacity, and I think we all have this capacity. We're all like, you know, we're we're designed this way. We're we're this is our this is like our birthright. It's our nature to be these alive, scintillating, tantric beings. That's just kind of what we're what we're designed as for human beings as human beings and yet because of our culture because of our upbringings it's just gotten kind of like you know like covered over in the momentum of how we've become but if we're practicing it you start to get like oh wait it is more available oh it even feels better it feels you know so worth it it's so good mm, absolutely and 
I feel that links back to what you were saying before about actually reaching out to, to get support, whether it's working one-to-one -one with somebody like you or buying an online course, because I see a lot of people feel that if they, they don't reach out because they feel it might feel like they failed if they can't get to that place themselves yes. or, and, you know, and it's such an investment and a gift to ourselves to really, you know, because nobody's taught us how to do any of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as you mentioned, know, just exactly. then, our imprinting is absolutely the opposite. It's how not to do it. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I am just like no agenda. My, I'm way overly full, so I'm not trying to like <laughs> get people to come in my way. And yet with this type of audience, this is where I'd be like, yes, I'm open. This is the type of people I love to work with. <laughs> like Sarah, you are like, we're in the same soul song guy. I can feel it. So it's here with me, but even if not like that, that support is it's invaluable and even beyond books like to me books are the greatest gift and they're one dimension they're one dimension like having another human being who has lived it who gets it who can like share it transmit it help personalize it for and with you that is to me it's been the biggest gift in my life that's why I get so on fire about it because to me for my life it has taken a team of specialists working around the clock to support me <laughs> to have a different life than I used to have so I'm all about it <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just do think like some kind of, um, you know, at the very least like videos. So you're seeing, it, you're seeing people do it. You're seeing what it looks like. You're seeing the embodiment of it. You're getting a transmission of that, that presence and that availability and that way of, of doing things. I think that's just invaluable. A hundred percent. Thank you. That's a beautiful place to, to, to bring this to a close. And I'd mm -hmm. love to ask you a final question as this is the Sexy Life podcast. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you to live a sexy life? <laughs> well, to me, it really means living that, that last bit that I talked about with Tantra, like doing that all day every day to the best of my ability <laughs> like i'm at the beach i'm breathing deep i'm feeling the wind on my skin i'm letting the sunshine touch my retina and my brain and my cells just by the very way that i'm open to it I, when i get in the water i'm letting my whole body i'm letting my presence inhabit my whole body i'm letting that water touch me directly now, to me, that's sexy. That's like, that, that to me is our natural state where we're just open and available to the yum and mystery and magic of life and also willing to work with the tricky and challenging stuff. I honestly find that sexy too. <laughs> um, and anyone around me who's really doing it and then also practicing this like listening and following and, and like, dancing outside the bandwidths of familiarity with with grace with magic with generosity and with a, a little sprinkling of rascaliness thrown in to me that, <laughs> that's probably the sexiest way to go 
Oh, beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and, I want to hear your answer. What how do you think is a sexy life? Have you had have you put that on your podcast yet? No, I haven't. And I, well, I feel from you. <laughs> I feel the the you know the same. It's that it's interesting because I've asked this question a number of times now, and it's always about just the day-to-day of life. And mm-hmm. it's for me, it's like following the juice of what lights me up and mm. what brings my system alive and sometimes that is I liked what you said there about the sometimes it's the emo, the tricky stuff as well mm-hmm. because that tricky stuff is what often opens up into more juice and yeah. more pleasure but it is just the simple things every day of gifting myself time to like nice. literally stop and smell the roses to yeah pause and enjoy the view to breathe and just feel my body or just to touch my skin to Mm. be present and there was a quote years ago and I think it was from Margot Anand and it says Mm. about Tantra is to live every moment orgasmically Mm. and that has been like my north star it's like where do I light up and it can be, yeah, just an amazing conversation. It's just all of those things that fill my yeah. life. Amen. I love it. That's, mm. yeah, that's exactly, that's how, yeah, I wish I had said that. That's exactly how I feel, just following that aliveness and letting that aliveness lead and letting, yeah, where there's juice, where there's aliveness and just, yeah, just following that, letting that lead. And it it often looks like play. It often looks like going deep and being like really courageous and honest. It often looks like, um, you know, breathing deeper and feeling deeper. That would that would be my mm. my encouragement. Beautiful. And thank you for asking me that question. That was lovely to to explore it. that. So yeah. So where can people find you online? I'll put the links okay. to your places in the show notes as well, but love you to share. Okay, beautiful. So um, my website just got published today. As a matter of fact, it's been ah. in the making for a long time. I've had an, I've had one there, but the, finally the new one is there. It's tobinziven.com. And on the homepage, if you go down to the bottom, you'll find links to all these classes and courses that I've described today. And um and also a free ebook is there. Also, uh, Facebook is a good place. I have a community there. We do monthly um, free online satsang. It's called The Art of Awakened Relationship. And um, that is a really sweet, beautiful community of people to join in with if you're interested. Mm, beautiful. And All if people under, want to find that, how do they find that community? Tobin Zivin. Just go to my my page. Brilliant. Friend me and um or send me a direct message or both beautiful thank you so much for your time today that's just been a delicious conversation thank (laughs) you so much Sarah so beautiful to be with you so great to feel you being following your juicy aliveness and putting out your gift here it's really an honor and it's it's really a gift I can feel you sharing such such good medicine here yeah well thank you for sharing your medicine it's um i'm sure that a lot of people are going to benefit from listening to this so Mm. thank you so much you too sarah
Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy, and I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sarahrosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.